Everyone, good morning. Stand up. We're going to worship the Lord together. 
God for that truth that we're singing this morning. The battle belongs to God. Can we thank him for that? You guys can have a seat. It's good to be with you this morning. 
Glad you could be with us online. And I want to encourage you, those that are joining online, interact. Um, Elena is on there. She's one of our online hosts. So interact with her. She'd love to answer any questions. And so, you know, if you are, maybe today's today's your first time. Maybe today is your second time visiting us. We want to just say we're so glad that you're here. Would you please stop by the Welcome Center in the lobby as you're on your way out? Um, we want to give you something for free just to say thanks for joining us. And it's, you know, this is just a gift from us to say, hey, we're glad you're here at Crossroads. And if you're online, would you let Elena know that you're new? And let Elena know if you have questions. She'd love to be able to talk to you um, and answer any questions that you might have. Um, but, guys, we want to say uh, if you have any visitors in the house, we want you guys to stop by the Welcome Center. We'd love to connect with you. I want to put up our, our mission statement. Our mission statement here at Crossroads is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. In all things we do here, we want people to have a personal relationship with Jesus that's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. And so one of those things that falls under that banner is our egg hunt. Our egg hunt is coming up on March 27th. Can we thank God we're having an egg hunt coming up? I don't know. Last year it was like, but I will have to, I will have to, to brag on our, our kids ministry team. They put together last year during, you know, when we had the lockdown, eggs that went out to families. And so can we thank God for our kids ministry, just always being so creative and getting resources out to our families. And they're like, we're going to make an egg hunt, and it's going to go home with families. And we're like, that's awesome. And they're sitting up there and just putting everything together and giving it to all the families and trying their best to help serve um, the families of our church. We're so thankful for our kids' ministry team. You know, I want to share with you, too, you know, uh, this egg hunt is something, this is truly something exciting. So it's our egg extravaganza, and uh, there's there's no pun intended. Actually, pun puns are very intended here. Um, that whole day will be hopping. I'm looking forward to it. Um, there we go. See, um, but March 27th, there's going to be a, a scavenger hunt for the family. There's going to be an egg hunt. Um, there's going to be kind of different sections of the field for each kind of age group. Um, but we're looking forward to this event. So be praying about this event. And also next weekend, you can start signing up your kids and inviting your friends as well as just be in prayer for this event. Um, you know, uh, start asking God how you can help. And many of you have, have have said, hey, I'll pack eggs, I'll donate, I'll be there to serve. And so we're going to share more information starting next weekend about how you can be involved and help and serve with this coming event. But 10,000 eggs, that's exciting. Um, also, I just want to share with you a passage from Proverbs this morning. So Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So as we have been given so much, let's honor the Lord with our wealth. Let's honor the Lord with what he's given us. And so as we do that, you can give online, you can give through the mail, you can also give through the boxes on the wall in the auditorium in the lobby. Um, But just, you know, ask God to grow you because he will. And this whole series that we just got out of, you know, what makes you grow, God is growing us in so many different ways. And I know the one that's been pushing us all is, is the financial side of things. And so God's growing us. And so thank you for being faithful and giving and, and continue to be faithful and giving. Um, I just want to just share with you that honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of our produce. Let's honor the Lord with what when we give to him. Would you guys pray with me as we continue on? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for, for waking us up. And God, for the sunshine that's just, just peeking in through the windows, Lord, we give thanks. And, Lord, we want to honor you with, with our wealth. We want to honor you with that which has been given to us, Lord. And so as we give, uh, Lord, we, we know that we, um, uh, we want to give to a part where it hurts, God, because that's a part where you're growing us. And so, God, thank you for the faithfulness of, of your people. And, Lord, we thank you for always being faithful to us. Um, to, 
Lord, all of our lives, Lord, we can truly say that you are faithful. We can look back and see how you you picked us up. You carried us. Some parts you maybe dragged us. Uh, but, God, you never left us. You were always faithful. And so, Lord, as we um, just pray over the egg hunt, Lord, we pray over uh, this morning as we hear from your word, Lord, we just know that you were always faithful. You were always good. And, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus Christ. In his name we all pray. Amen.
Father, may we find that true in our lives here today, that you have the best in store for us. God, I pray that we would um, recognize that and be patient for that, especially when we don't know what's going on right now, but we know that you do. So, Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that gives us hope, that we can, Jesus, that gives us hope overall. And we love you. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Aren't you thankful to be here this morning? Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve. I want to thank you for joining us here in person and joining us online today. I know it's, it's like a heat wave outside, but uh, we're glad that it's going to be a heat wave. You know, only in Pittsburgh can you call 40 a heat wave, right? So, but I'm glad that you're here today. We're uh, looking forward to what God is going to do here today. Just uh, before we move into our message time today, next week we're going to be starting a new series entitled Remarkable. We're going to be looking at Jesus. We're going to talk all about Jesus for the next 10, 12 weeks. And actually, that's what we always talk about here, right? But we're going to look at the remarkable claims of Jesus. It's going to be an, an exciting, exciting series as we begin. Today, I've asked Pastor Josh Watts to join us. Pastor Josh Watts is from City Church, Newcastle. On our birthday gift to Jesus list, we've been praying, and we're praying over all those missionaries, and he is one of our missionaries to Newcastle, all right? So Josh and Shannon, they grew up here in the church. Of course, you know Josh's dad is Pastor Jim. You see him on the porch. He's the masked man out there, and uh, you, you see him out there, and you get to talk to him. But uh, this is his son, Josh, and Josh went out and planted a, a church up in City Church, Newcastle, he and Shannon and his wonderful family. And uh, I'm, I couldn't be more happy with uh, what God is doing up there. So I've asked him to come today and share the message, what God has laid on his heart with you. And so would you welcome Pastor Josh Watts this morning? Good morning. It's good to be here. Uh, I grew up here at Crossroads since I was like seven years old when we moved uh, from Beaver Falls down here. And so uh, it's good to be back here. And uh, we have a quick video just to show you of what God's been doing this past year. And uh, so if you'll just direct your attention to the screen. So that was uh, most of that was shot on our year anniversary. Thank you. Um, and we uh, we celebrated in uh, September our, our first anniversary and got to baptize a number of people. All those people this in the last year and a half have given their life to Christ. 
and uh, we're so excited for that. And to be on the Christmas uh, list here, birthday gift to Jesus offering, is an incredible blessing to us. We uh, we received a, just a generous check from you last week, and just on behalf of City Church, thank you. It's been great to partner with you this last year through through this COVID and the lockdown. We we partnered with uh, Crossroads in distributing boxes of food to families. We did that twice. So thank you to uh, to Pastor Luke and, and Ken. They got the truck that was coming here to come up to Newcastle and uh, so that we could have uh, boxes to deliver. And we got to partner with you in the 21 days of prayer just uh, to start 2021. And so thank you to uh, Elena and everyone here for all the work she did to uh, put put that prayer journal together, and, and so I hope you participated in that. I know for us, we had an incredible amount of people jump into that, and, uh, and so I hope that was a great blessing to you as you kicked off the year as it was for us. Um, and so it's just so good to be here, and I we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 if you want to turn there. And uh, today I want to talk to you about comfort. I don't know about you, but I'm a comfort seeker, and I, I, I like comfort. Anyone here not like comfort? I don't see anyone here bringing in a, a, a non-padded chair to sit in this morning. Aren't you glad you got padded chairs, padded backs? Uh, I tell you what, it's good. It's good to have a nice chair to sit in. I hope you. I bet you had the heat on in your car in your home this morning. Um, I'm, I'm a comfort zone guy. I, I like to live in that zone. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm willing to fight to stay in that zone. You know what I mean? Like you, it's. Uh, we work hard for comfort. We're comfort seekers. I think it's. Uh, just it's very natural for us. Safety, security, food. What's your comfort food? Look to the person you came with or the person next to you. If you're sitting by someone, what is your what is your comfort food? I heard chicken. I heard chicken. Anyone ice cream? Nine degrees outside and ice cream is still your comfort food. No one. You're ashamed to admit it. All right. If you come to my house, comfort looks like uh, a robe on and a blanket. And when the kids see dad in his robe, no, I'm kidding, I don't wear a robe. Uh, I have one. The joke is mom bought dad a robe. He never wears it. I've never been cold enough to wear a robe. I don't know if any of you can relate. I put it on. I'm sweating. I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. It's hung in my closet, and now my oldest daughter likes to wear it. So um, it's getting good use. Any of you nature? I mean, you're, you're waiting for spring to come. You want to be outside on the trails. You want to see God's creation. That is a place of comfort, relaxation, refueling for you exercise. Some of us can't get to, you haven't been able to get to the gym in a year. You kind of look like it, like me. It's okay. Uh, okay. Um, music. Man, music is, is uh, God, the, just what he's given us through music to, to comfort us. Uh, we, we seek this out. And, and I think if, if we could like define comfort, I, I would say for us, comfort is defined as the removal of pain. Or like a, a, a pain-free life. And also, we like to have a barrier between pain and us. It's not just n- enough for us to have uh, no pain in our lives. We like to have an insurance policy, like some insulation between us and pain. Right? You picture yourself like, you know, you're, you're, in, you're, you're in bed and, and the house is warm. And, and you're ready to go to bed. You're, you're all snuggled in, ready to go. And you're wondering, like, is my front door locked and you think it's open you're pretty sure it's open like what sense of comfort do you have in that you're totally comfortable pain-free existence which that barrier is not there anymore and you can't go to sleep 
You see, for us, comfort is something we seek out in life naturally. I think we need to be careful with that because I don't necessarily think God wants to drive us in that direction. That life is not a pain-free life, the removal of pain, to set up barriers in our lives to keep us from from suffering and struggle. So I want us to look at what God says about that in 2 Corinthians 1. We're going to read verses 3 to 11, and we're going to see how God defines comfort, and we're going to see that seeking out comfort is a good thing. It's something God wants to give us ultimately is comfort, but we're going to see how God lays that out for us, and hopefully we can align ourselves with his word so 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3, read along with me. In the CSB translation, if you're using the Bible app, you can download that translation. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that as you share in the suffering, so you will also share in the comfort. We don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a terrible death and he will deliver us. We have put our hope in him that he will deliver us again while you join in helping us by your prayers. And many will give thanks on our behalf for the gift that came to us through the prayers of many. Let's just pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We, we come, Lord, with our, with our Bibles open, Lord, and in our, our minds and hearts, Lord, we, we, we want to open them before your word and your spirit this morning and say, God, speak to us, challenge us, encourage us. Lord, may we align ourselves with your word and, and live our lives accordingly. God, I pray for those coming in uh, from the cold this morning, maybe discouraged from recent events, maybe from this past year. God, I pray that they would find comfort in you today and in your word. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So right from the start in verse 3, we see, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it just kind of sets the tone for the whole passage. That The, the tone here is one of thanksgiving, of blessings to God, of gratitude and praise back to God. It is the, the, the tone, the attitude in which Paul writes this portion uh, of, the, of his letter here. And so I want to encourage you for us this morning, we would just recognize and acknowledge God this morning that blessed be our God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, it is good to just recognize that we are in his word and he is our father and he's the father of our Lord Jesus. We, we're, we're, we acknowledge that this morning and comfort comes from our eyes being on the Lord. From, it, it comes from resting in him and his sovereignty and in his rule is the Lord Jesus Christ, not just our Savior. He's our Lord, and he's a good king. He's sovereign, but he's loving. He's benevolent. He's generous. He's loving towards his people. And so we are under the kingship of Christ, and, and he is not just a good king. He's the perfect king. And so comfort ultimately comes from his kingship over our lives. And God is a, described here as the father of mercies. 
Paul is saying here that God is the source of all the mercies we enjoy in life. And that God is the, the Father. He's characterized uh, not just as having mercies, but He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And so here, the description of God is not only is He rich in mercy, but He's generous. Right? You Think about it. You can be rich and greedy, right? Rich and stingy. You, don't, you can have a lot and not want to give it away. We have a God that has everything and is incredibly generous. Aren't you glad of that this morning? He shares his mercies. He's rich, but he's generous to his people. That's the picture we have of God. And he's the God of all comfort. Someone said, God's got the monopoly on comfort. All lasting comfort comes from him. And so this morning, one of the things I want you to just catch real quickly is we are comfort seekers. And I think it's intended for us to seek after God and know that the only way to find it is in God. He has a monopoly on it. I don't know where you've been looking for comfort, but I imagine you've been looking for it. Paul would say it's only found in our God. And so God is a source of all comfort. And, and, and our idea of comfort has changed over the last many years. A thousand years ago or so, the, the idea of comfort began to change uh, in society uh, to mean pain barrier. That like, if, like a pain-free life. Like we kind of described how we like to seek comfort, to be comfortable, to not be in pain. But that's not how comfort was defined originally. Originally, the word comfort meant together strength, those two words, together strong. And so the reason I point that out is, is I, I think fundamentally it changes everything about this passage and for our lives and how we seek comfort in our lives today. See, if our view is if our if we go with our view of having comfort as a barrier between pain and us, that, that comfort is this a cushion, it's it's being insulated from from bad things, then in that picture, we would have us over here. We would have painful things over here. And this would be a barrier. And where would God be in that picture? He would be the barrier. See, if comfort's defined as we often think of it as I'm here, painful things are over here, and I want a barrier, I want to be separated from that, then God acts as the barrier. And so what happens for us, and you hear about it when people are discouraged and disappointed in God, is like, God, you're not a very good barrier. I'm not in any sort of comfort right now because I'm like, these painful things are in my life, and you have failed me. But that's not how it's defined. Comfort in the Bible is ultimately not having a barrier between God and us. You see, the ultimate problem with humanity is not like here's painful existence and here's you and, and, uh, and you need to have a barrier between that. The ultimate problem with humanity is there is a barrier between every person and God. And the Bible describes it as sin. It's not outside of us. It's in us. We're sinful people. And Paul writes here to the Corinthians, and he's telling them of the, of the freedom we have in Christ, that the barrier between us and God has been removed in Christ. And ultimately, comfort comes from the presence of God in our lives. It's together strong that you can have comfort in any circumstance because you are together strong with the Lord, with God, with His Spirit. 
And so the picture of comfort in the Bible is, is one of someone standing alongside somebody else to encourage and support. And over the years, it kind of changed into this, like, uh, this painless existence, a pain-free life, having pain barriers in our life. But it's not what we have here in Scripture. Comfort ultimately comes knowing that there's not a barrier between you and the Lord. It's really important to know that. We go into verse 4 and we see He comforts us in all our affliction. If you and I were honest this morning, and I hope we can be, otherwise what are we doing? We would all say, you know what? I wish that verse would say, He comforts us from all our affliction. Should I turn this one off? Test. There we go. Uh, he comforts us from our affliction. Aren't you, don't you wish, like if, 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 if you're a dad or a mom this morning, that's, that's kind of how you would want, you'd probably write it for your kids. Right? I want to comfort you and try to keep you from some bad stuff. But God says he comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction. We see here that comfort and affliction and suffering Comfort and suffering in the Christian life are connected and intertwined. That, that, that comfort follows suffering in the Christian life. It did it for Paul the Apostle. And it didn't mean that God was displeased with Paul. It didn't mean that God had let him down. That he was going through incredible suffering. Because Paul is not out doing crazy stuff. He's out preaching the gospel. He's not sowing wild oats. He's not living in rebellion. He is serving the Lord Jesus Christ and going through incredible suffering. And he says, I have learned, painfully learned, that when I share in the suffering, I get to share in the comfort. And he wants them to know that. And the ultimate goal Paul is writing is he wants the Corinthians to be comforted as well. As they've seen God at work in his life. And say, okay, God, if God's been faithful with you, Paul, then he'll be faithful with us. And ultimately, we see that affliction, suffering, and comfort are used by God to unite God's people and encourage God's people. Verse 5, for just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. And when we talk about sharing in the sufferings of Christ... We're not speaking here uh, or referring to Jesus' atonement on the cross where he died uniquely, the one and only, died in the place of sinful men and women. That was paid in full on the cross. But when we serve the Lord, we, we share in those types of sufferings, the rejection Jesus faced, we might face. Um, and you think of Paul when he was on the road to Damascus. What did Jesus, if you remember that, when, when he was converted, what did Jesus say to him? He didn't say, Paul, why are you persecuting my people? What did he say? Paul, why are you persecuting me? He took it personally. When God's people suffer, God takes it personally. Jesus said, it's like, it's like I'm suffering. You're messing, when you mess with God's people, you're messing with God himself. And so... When we share in those sufferings, he says, I, I want you to also know that you're going to share and overflow in the comfort that Christ has for you. And so what I want you to see here is that 
comfort ultimately comes from God. He's the source of all comfort. And it's guaranteed and secured by the presence of the whole divine Godhead, the Trinity, in our lives. It's secured by all three persons of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. God the Father is the God of all comfort. God the Son is His comfort in verse 5 overflows to us. And God the Spirit literally has the name the Comforter. Look at this, John 14, verses uh, 15 here through 17. It reads, If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. That word counselor, you could translate comforter. Some of your Bibles may say that, or encourager, or advocate. To be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Go down to verse 25. It says, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor or comforter, it's the same word that we have in 2 Corinthians. But the the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. What we know here about the Spirit of God is he lives inside God's people. And I don't know about you, but I'm really thankful today that God does not comfort from a distance. He sent his spirit, the comforter, to live inside his people. That is the name God gave to his spirit. The comforter, the encourager, your advocate, counselor. I want you to know this morning, whatever you're going through, God does not comfort from a distance. Together strong, he is right next to you, literally living inside you. Jesus said it's better to have the Spirit in you than for him to remain. And so I want you to be encouraged today that your your comfort is secured by the presence of God in your life. The Spirit of God lives in you. The God of all comfort is your God and your Savior. His comfort overflows to his people. And so here's kind of the... As we think through this idea of comfort is not pain-free, it's not a pain barrier, it's, it's God being with us and being strong in the Lord, it changes everything in our lives. It changes how we seek comfort. It should. And what we learn is this, comfort is no longer the absence of pain, but it is the presence of God in my life and in your life. That's how we define comfort here. Comfort is not the absence of pain, but it is the presence of God, even in the midst of suffering and affliction. Look at verse 6. He says, if we were afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. Paul's afflictions led to their comfort and salvation. He was thankful for that. There were some people in Corinth that thought Paul should be discredited, disqualified, discarded because he had these sufferings and afflictions going on. They knew about what was going on in Asia, in Corinth. And people were saying, listen, there's no way an apostle of Jesus would ever go through things like this. God would never allow it. That was what they were saying to discredit Paul. There's no way God would, God must be displeased with him. He must not be honoring God. Look at his life. Look at the suffering. And Paul was writing here to say, no, that's not true at all. 
I shared in the sufferings, but I want you to know I shared in the comfort that only Christ can give. What a testimony to God's people here at Corinth. What an encouragement to us today. I want you to know that Paul teaches us here that suffering is never wasted. Have you felt throughout this year that it's been sort of a wasted year? I've thought that. My mom, you guys, thank you for how you've loved my family through my mom battling cancer. You've been so sweet and kind, generous, thoughtful. It's been unbelievable how Crossroads has loved my family, my mom, my dad. It's felt like a wasted year. My mom missed a whole year of of sports and activities with my kids. And then this lockdown comes, and you miss a whole other year. And it's like, wow, these years are getting precious in her life as, as she ages Two, two, two and a half years, you're just wasted of like barely being able to see her and her not being able to do the things she loves the most, be with her grandkids. It's felt wasted. I've struggled with that at times. I bet you have in your life too. I read this and I'm encouraged. You know what? It's not wasted. Why? My kids have seen my mom and dad love one another and love the Lord through these disappointments. They've seen the love that they have for the Lord. They've seen the love they have for one another and they've seen the love that they have for their grandkids and their children that even from a distance cannot be stopped. They've they've seen the creativity that they've gone to show the kids how special they are to them. I refuse to believe anymore that it was wasted years. Not because I can say that and, and make it true, but I read God's Word. I say, you know what? Look what it did. It produces patient endurance. God is at work. Suffering is not wasted How can a soldier learn to be brave if he sits around the campfire all day? How can a soldier ever be brave if he's always just around a campfire? The fires of affliction and suffering that might feel like they're going to consume you, God says, I use those to confirm you and to produce in you what only I can produce, patient endurance. And I tell you what, patient endurance, those are not like necessarily fun words, right? I mean, patience, that means you're waiting, and it's what you want is not there. You cannot get hold of it. And endurance means it's going to take a long time. I think of it this way in my life, and maybe you can relate. Patience means life's longer than I than Like, things take longer than I, than I wish they would. Like the COVID lockdown. It took way longer than, I wanted to, than we wanted it to be. And, and, and the vaccine and, and so many things throughout this year. It's like, why is it taking so long? So you need endurance, and then you need patience, because in a Christian life, you're not as far along as you want to be. You're battling sin in your life, that, that, that sin that so easily gets to you. Are you as far along in victory in that area as you would like to be? Your marriage, you've been fighting for that, and you, you want it to be better than it is. Is it, is it where you want it to be? Your relationship with your kids, your job. Your walk with the Lord, your daily Bible reading and prayer life. Is it where you want to be? Where you feel God's calling you to be? No, we're patiently enduring. We're saying, God, we are not where we need to be. I'm not where I want to be, God. And then when I look out, I say, wow, I'm not where I want to be. And, and, and the end of it is longer and further away than I anticipated. And God gives us the patient endurance to continue on. At City Church, how it's played out with us is, is like this. We've gone through severe disappointments. 
throwing up our hands. It's like, uh, like, what's going on? Where's God at? As things don't work out or something goes wrong. And then we see God move. And I can say from our experience in planning a church through COVID, through this lockdown, that every time we have suffered, we have been comforted in incredible ways by our God. He has taught us patient endurance. We are now learning lessons that we have never learned else in any other way. Learn that, you know what, just keep going on. And when bad things happen, we're, we, we, now, we now start to think as a team that, you know what, God's doing something. God is producing something. Let's just keep on. We've seen many of the people you saw baptized there got, baptized, or got, got saved, gave their life to Christ after some rough circumstance, painful circumstance in the community or at city church. We've seen kids get into fights, and we're like, oh, man, this is going to be, you know, like, like physical fights, and, and, and we're trying to help them out, and, and, and just, and like, youth group was a mess that night because we had a fight, and, like, it didn't seem like anything was going on in a, in a spiritual sense, any spiritual fruit from the matter. And then you go out with those kids, and guess what? They both give their lives to Christ. One got baptized there. One's got a black eye praying with the other one, giving their life to Jesus Christ. We've seen stuff like that where we've just like, oh, man, Lord, thank you. We, we're suffering here and, and struggling here. And then you, you comfort and you work and you produce. And I just want you to know that suffering is not wasted in your life either or in the life of the church here. God is producing what only he can, patient endurance in his people. Verse 7, and our hope for you is firm because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you will also share in the comfort. To know that you're sharing in the sufferings, that means God is there as well. Think about that. If you have to share something, there's some things you don't want to share. Ice cream, it's gross to share that with someone. I'll share a pizza with you, not ice cream. Any dairy products, pretty gross to share. Think about it. Yogurt, milk. I know, you're gagging right now. It's disgusting. Some things are okay. Sufferings, sufferings, you, you only share in them. That means Christ is there with you. You never get the full you never get the full brunt of it. It may feel like that. Paul says later on in verse nine, it felt that way. But it wasn't the case. I'm not saying you won't feel that way. But you're only sharing in it. But you also share in the comfort. Verse eight, he goes into a, a little example in his life. Paul says, We don't want you to be unaware. Like we want you to be, like have your eyes up here. Don't be ignorant. There are sufferings. This is real. It says, brothers and sisters, our affliction that took place in Asia, we were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life itself. That's one of the only times Paul uses that word in this way. We were overwhelmed beyond our strength, even despaired of life itself. That word despaired means no availability of an exit, no exit strategy, no exit plan, completely disoriented, no resources, at a loss, wit's end, all hope is lost. And then when you're in that moment, what does that do to your emotions and your, 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 your mental health? All of the ramifications and the impact of being in that, Paul, that word despair describes that. This is the Apostle Paul saying that. In verse 9, he says, indeed, he's doubling down. We felt that we had received the sentence of death. 
which the wording there means a judge has said you have been, you are, you are going to die. A death sentence. He says, we felt we had received it. That's what he felt. That's what it was like for him. Despaired of life itself. This is the Apostle Paul. But look, look what God was producing. So that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Here's Paul, the great apostle, and God had something for Paul to learn. And I would imagine, and I am confident that God has lessons for you and I to learn that only suffering and his comfort that follows can teach and produce in our lives. That you and I are way too good at trusting in ourselves. And God says, I have to make you feel a certain way and bring things into your life so that you will no longer trust in yourself, but in a God who raises the dead. And for the Christian here this morning watching at home, I want you to know that you can take comfort in when you experience things that are equal with death. You know that when you trust in God, they are followed by an experience that is equal with a resurrection. Can someone say amen? Do you realize that? Whatever's going on in your life, it may feel that way. It may feel like a sentence of death. But when you are serving the Lord and when you have Christ in your life, ultimately it ends in resurrection. Do you know that this morning? Paul needed to learn that lesson. I know I need to learn that lesson. In verse 10 and 11, he says, God has delivered us past, presently. He's delivering us. In future, he will deliver us again. Verse 11, while you join in helping us by your prayers. I want you to see here this beautiful picture. The only time this word is used. Our English language uses three words here in the CSB to translate it. It says join in helping. But in the Greek, it's one word. It consists of three words coming together to make one. And it, has the, it teaches us to, to be with and to be under and to work hard. When he says, I want you to join in helping us by your prayers. What he's saying is, I want you to come alongside. I want you to come under a burden that someone is carrying. And I want you to work hard to lift it. That is how Paul defines prayer. Coming next to someone, coming under whatever burden they are carrying, getting down, get down, get your hand, both hands under that. And we're going to lift on three. Are you ready? This is prayer life in the, in the Christian life. This is what prayer looks like. Are you ready? Prayer is, let's go, lift it. That is, that is it. Like a group of people lifting together. Paul says, that's what I want from you. Will you join in helping us by your prayers? Imagine that, the Apostle Paul. It's like Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? What is he? He begs the disciples, would you please stay awake and pray with me? It's that same idea, this burden that our Savior was carrying at that time. Would you get under this burden with me? Would you lift it with me? And here's the Apostle Paul saying, would you join in helping me? Would you get under this burden that we're carrying? Delivering the gospel to the nations. And can we lift together in prayer? Let me ask you, who's joining in helping you? That's why it's so important to be connected here at the church. To have a, a group of people around you. So whatever burden you're carrying, you're not carrying it alone. Because Paul, if Paul needed people to come around him, get under him and lift the burden in prayer, then you need it, I need it. 
I want to encourage you to, if you don't have three or four or five people that are praying for you and the burdens in your life and whatever is going on in your life, to find those people. And the best place to find them is here at church. And then to think about how you, who can you join in with as well? How can I carry your burden? That's a picture of the church. It's that whole idea of comfort. We're together strong. We're coming, it's the same idea, coming alongside. We're stronger together. We're going to get down. We're going to pray to the God of all comfort, to Christ whose comfort overflows, and to the Spirit of God that lives inside of us, our comforter. We're going to ask him to work in our lives and do what only he can. And ultimately, the passage ends with many people looking to God, with faces, the picture is of a group of people with their faces looking upward to God, giving thanks. The passage starts with, blessed be God. The passage ends with, thanks be to God. And I want, I want you to have that picture in mind. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, Paul writes this about God's comfort. He says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal encouragement and good hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. I just want you to know this morning that, that God's comfort is eternal comfort. Suffering is temporary. God's comfort is eternal. The word encouragement there is the same exact word that we have in Second Corinthians, comfort. We have a God who loves us and has given us eternal comfort, encouragement, and good hope by grace. And so I pray today that your hearts are strengthened to do every good work God has for you. So as we come to an end, I hope we can all acknowledge we're all comfort seekers. So the question is, how do you, how do you picture that comfort coming from God? I want to encourage you, God's Word tells us that comfort from the Lord is not the absence of pain, but it is the presence of God in our lives. The comfort is ultimately not just a, it's not a barrier between pain and us, but it's a reality that in Christ the barrier of our sin has been removed, and there is no longer a barrier between you and God. Ultimately, suffering and, and comfort are intertwined and connected to bring God, to bring God glory. As we work together, it unites his church. It encourages church. And in the end, his people are giving him thanks. They are looking to him, praising him, and giving him thanks. God, we have shared in the sufferings, but we have shared in the comfort. God, you are true. God, you are good. And I'll leave you with this last thought. When you look at the life of Christ, you see that these things are connected. The life of Christ was a life of suffering, but all through it, we also see that he's comforted by his Father. How many times do we see Jesus praying, reaching out to his Father, finding strength and comfort? If our Savior's life was defined by suffering and comfort being connected together and the Father carrying him through, then for his people, that's the life he's called us to. If you're suffering right now, I just want you to know, trying to live for the Lord, I want you to know that you'll share in the comfort as well. If you've been seeking comfort, trying to like a pain-free life, and thinking that that's what God has for you, I want to encourage you that that's not the life God is calling you to live. It's not the life he, his son lived. That's not the life he's called for you. Comfort is walking with the Lord.
in every circumstance. Maybe you want to do something for Christ. Maybe you want to teach a class. Maybe you want to go on a mission trip. Maybe God's laid something on your heart. And that idea of like, well, this could cause pain and and what it might do into your life. Don't let that stop you from serving the Lord. It didn't stop Paul. It didn't stop Christ. And it's not supposed to stop you. You're sharing a suffering, but you're sharing a comfort. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you this morning. As we come together, Lord, we're just grateful that you are a God that is faithful. Jesus, we come to you and say thank you that you have suffered on our behalf, that you went to the cross and you died in our place for our sin. And the barrier between us and God was removed. It was broken and torn down so that ultimately we could enjoy your comfort for all of eternity. Lord, I pray for the person here this morning that is discouraged, that isn't suffering, that maybe has been wondering, is God displeased with me? Is, Is God not there? God, I pray that they would be reminded today that you're a God that cares, that you don't comfort from a distance. Lord, they would know to just keep pressing in, keep pressing on. Lord, if there's anyone here that has not seen the reality of of, of the barrier of sin removed from their life, that they would come this morning in faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who went to the cross to die for their sins, so there would no longer be a barrier between them and God. I pray this morning, God, they would come with their sin to you and be forgiven, put their trust in Christ, and find new life in Jesus. God, we, we love you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we thank God for Pastor Josh this morning? I appreciate it. Powerful message, isn't it? God's comfort is his presence, not the absence of pain. We thank you for that. Josh, is any of your family in the room this morning? Any Anybody related to this guy out there? I, Josh, they're all sleeping. They've heard you before. I, I have to tell you, Josh was telling me, you know, they planted this church. Actually, I see a couple. Come on in. I'm going to bring those kids in here, Jim. Grandpa Jim's out there. He won't come down, but send those kids on down. I, I'm going to show you a couple of his beautiful children, Addie and Ryla. Come on up here with your dad, all right? I, I just want to I want to brag on these guys. They are they plant. Give them a hand. Don't make them feel awkward walking down the aisle, you know? Come on up here. I, I, I just I want to share with you. Come up here so they can see. You can get you up here in the light, all right? That Josh planned this church, and he told me that uh, Addie and Ryla are both up there, and you guys help lead worship up there, right? No, you don't. Addie does. Addie leads worship at City Church. Can we thank God for that? And 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 I got to tell you, you know, you serve in the church here, and you know what it's like. Um, to do that week in and week out. Josh told me that this is her first day in a year and a half. Second day in a year and a half that she has not been serving up there leading worship. That's pretty powerful. How old are you? Seventeen. Leading the adult services in worship and only two days off in a year and a half. Can we thank God for these for these people here? Josh, say, say a word about your family here. Uh, so these are my two oldest daughters. I have four more kids, uh, two more girls, two boys. They're running around there somewhere, and uh, my wife's here somewhere, Shannon. Uh, they're, 
they've been awesome. God's used them in, in many ways uh, to uh, to serve the Lord. Shannon has a, a tremendous impact with many of the single ladies that are in, in the community with a lot of kids, so we can relate. And so uh, our kids, it's been it's been great. God's given us so many kids and students at City Church. Uh, we have on a Sunday morning. Almost always we have over half the people there are kids and students. Our youth group that meets, they're seeing a tremendous amount of kids come out, like some 50, 60 kids on a, on a Wednesday night. We, there's nothing special. But God's using the, uh, my kids and the kids of other people on our team to help share the gospel. And during COVID, they were able to go out into the community and deliver food and, and do things like your team's doing, to go into in, in the communities and share the gospel on their turf and their neighborhoods and in their yards and, and hang out with them. And so we've been able to go with the gospel in a large part because of the kids God's given us, um, not only my own, but many others on our team. And they've led the way. I mean, the student ministry and the kids in the church are, are leading the gospel in Newcastle. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. So. Amen. Well, I just wanted to brag on you guys because I love you guys. You're awesome. Let's thank God for them. Josh, I'm going to ask you to head on back. Take your lovely daughters with you back there. All right? Say hi to Josh on the way out today. And uh, we, Josh, hurry up. That means you got to get out there before they do, or else you'll be stuck down here with me. All right? God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a great day.
sing to the end of days. Those words I've heard all my life, and its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. 'Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. That we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that, but the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true, but yet it is. I don't think my job is to understand why. Slower than undeserved. 